What's up, y'all? It's your host, Aaron Bach, back at it again with another episode of the in and out podcast. Before I get to the whole, what we got today, Rami, I just want to say this one is near and dear to my heart. At school, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty good. They call me a procrastinator. It's 1221, basically the day this podcast is due. It is dropping in less than 12 hours. So yeah, (laughs) it's near and dear to me. We're used to getting that working right before class, late nights before pro procrastinating so yeah i love this episode we're gonna get it in we have not just so you guys know we have not planned anything we don't know what what is going on we have been playing all weekend we've had tourneys and we're just throwing you get what we got to get it out for you guys because we know you guys love this stuff and we're gonna throw a good episode together a great episode i mean I can say it now. What we got today, Ronnie. So, okay, we're going to do a little grind time. We're just going to talk about, like, we got to go back to school for workouts. We're lifting there. We're also both, like, fully started our seasons now. Going to talk about what to do, what we're doing to keep our arms strong during the season. Um, then we'll get into a little big time. We'll, you can talk. You're going to talk a little bit about the draft. I'm going to talk a little bit about the MLB situation, what's going on. Then Chalk Talk, I was just thinking we talked both about what we did this weekend, our approaches at the plate, sure. basically just our what we saw this weekend and things like that. And then Trust the Process, we were just talking more about uh, kind of how we are going to go to showcases, how we are affected, how college coaches are coming to our games, stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, that's basically um, it. You guys, you guys can't see this, but just take a minute. If we're gonna post this anywhere, this flow, I look like I should be hitting 420 with four bombs with this flow. And let me tell you guys, the pants that I've been wearing in tournament play lately has been they've been ridiculous. I'm wearing, I'm talking about little tight pant action with no, 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 no. Little stirrup showing at the bottom. Shout out to my boy Evan, by the way. Came through with one of those leather belts, so I'm looking like a like a seasonal. That's big time. Really, that is big time. I mean, we talk. It's a big step, you know. Ever since we're five, we've been wearing those elastic, crappy elastic belts. You gotta get the leather belts. Gotta get the leather belt. Leather belt makes you feel so official. Let's jump right into it. Last week was the first week we were able to go back to Weber workouts. Rami hit me with some of those initial thoughts. Okay, so we had to lift with masks on, which did suck. Our school obviously has to be really strict about all the, like, Georgia high school, uh, like, sports association stuff, and they have to be, like, super strict and social distance stuff, but it was good. We got to lift with some of the baseball team again. Uh we yeah it's nice it was finally i didn't have to lift in my house i could actually do stuff so i feel like uh it was really good to get back yo shout out to the ad's though we got brand new racks it felt oh, great. It sick it looked so sick super sick i mean felt great to get back in the gym with some of the guys hit up um, weber athletics on instagram yep shout out to Shout out to the Rams. Our guy Grant always t- he, he just wants to get an arm pump in the whole time. Yeah, but we curls all day. 
all day. The girls for the girls, but we got a good lift in. We got um, we, we got to do our thing. It was actually it was nice switching it up a little bit because this whole off season we were, we were kind of push pull legs. Yeah. Um, last week we did a little upper body, lower body. It's actually nice going into leading into tournament play. For sure. Um, actually, been you know something we we did want to discuss was we got some great feedback about. Um, talking about lifting more and something we mentioned was in the off season we kind of had our regimens I kind of forgot to mention that I did a speed program and a little pull down and plyo program for my arm but something a lot of people want to talk is uh, lifting because that plays such a role in the um, in the physical side mm-hmm. and you know now transferring in in into in season it, it's crazy because there's so many different philosophies you know I've seen some um, I mean not personally but on Instagram I've seen some college strength coaches they have their guys lift on game days and that's something that's cool and that's something i want to try that maybe maybe that's like a friday before a series yeah. but when you, every day you definitely want to try different stuff uh i'm for sure yeah it was nice because i have never really been like lift right before games but this week i went up until the day before i started playing on thursday i was lifting every day which was nice and i think that's what I'm just going to stick with. I'll lift every day that's it's not a game day, and I think that will be really good. We went, we, went, we went light on Wednesday. Yeah, we did go pretty light, but it was still, it was still pretty, yeah. pretty nice we, to get a lift in. It was nice because it was a little lower body day, and we were light front squats. We were light hip thrusters, really just moving our bodies a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, as I mentioned, there's different philosophies for in-season uh, lifting. Um, something that my guy Micah kind of helped me out, helped us out with is he kind of recommends a full body three times a week in season. I, I tried that. I really like that. So I think I might stick to that if I play on the weekends. Um, maybe some a little bit more sprints and conditioning Tuesday and Thursday to help with arm care. Um, also, you could also hit each muscle group once. Or if you want to go light four lifts and hit um, upper body, lower body, or maybe two heavy ones, upper body, lower body. Yeah. So. You just mix it up. Ah, for me, what was really important for me though was I got to go after lifting each day, or like after being tired from the lifts all week. I got to go on game day to school, stretched out, got a good stretch, everything in, and just you still got to take care of your body. Even lifting is good. You get stronger, but you got to take care of your body stretching. You got to make sure you don't get hurt. You got to make sure you're durable, all that good stuff. I mean, it's a long season. You know, we can be with if MLB's playing 45 games a season, there's a good chance we're playing 45 games a season, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I mean, we gotta we gotta make sure our arms are in good condition. I mean, there's 40 guys on a pro roster. We have half the guys on our team. So we have to we we know a lot of times in travel ball you have to carry a big load. So when it comes to arm conditioning, yeah, um, right now we had a few guys down with injuries. One or two guys, uh, I think, done for the, or like leave our team. So really? we're down to like a short roster. So you know you're getting in most games. If it, if you're not starting, you're coming off the bench. So you got to really make sure you're in it for every single game. You got to make sure you your arms ready, your body's ready. Yeah, I mean, one thing that we do sometimes in lifting is we train for different stuff, and sometimes when we do endurance lifting, that's not for being out in the sun four hours. That's for playing a week in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I played this weekend, and it's the first time I played a weekend series in a while. 
And today I almost crashed. I, I'm tired, man. I'm just trying to rest and get my body ready to play. Hopefully, um, I mean, for anywhere from or maybe around seven games this week. So we just want to make sure we take care of our arms. That means running, stretching, yoga, light band work, band work. I mean, you got to take care of your arms. I mean, Coach Love, shout out to Coach Love, by the way. He, uh, my travel coach. He's um he's always kind of preaching, you know, just hit something easy, like arm circles at your house. Like make sure you're just getting something in to get that arm conditioning going. Yeah. A uh, big thing I like to do is if you go do uh some arm stuff, arm care stuff in like you're doing basically the band work but in the pool and it's really easy, yeah. it's really nice, and it gets the blood flow flow going in your shoulder. Yeah. I mean, um, even, I mean, this week I'm playing, we, we just finished a tournament over the weekend. We play, well, we're going to talk a little bit more about this in um, Trust the Process, but I play this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then another tournament starts Friday. So when it comes to lifting this week, I just want to make sure my body's in the best condition as possible. I'm going to maintain weight, try to eat well. So my lifts are really going to look like, um, you know, probably Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm going to hit my our dumbbell shoulder routine from Hugo Pro Baseball. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we love that. I'm definitely going to hit some dumbbell external rotation to work on my rotator cuffs a little bit. Yeah. And then maybe then definitely hit maybe a push-up series just to engage my um, – just some, with different grips, just to engage a little bit my chest, triceps, a little, maybe a little back somewhere, and then maybe hit just a couple – um, a few sets of maybe four sets of walking lunges or reverse lunging, uh, lunges just to get just uh, just you know just to activate your muscles a little bit, get them working. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my dad is um my dad is older. He doesn't really lift anymore, but he I mean not not obvious not like older older. He's just like like a dad age, so they're not trying to lift and put on weight. But like before he hits a cardio session, he'll hit some bicep curls or or um or. Sh- some shoulder presses just to get those muscles moving. Yeah. You got anything to add? No, yeah, just mostly about uh, mixing up lifts, finding what's right for you during the season, and just making sure your arm's right. You know, have fun with it, too. You know, lifting can be fun. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've enjoyed it so much this off season, and when it came to um, a certain day, I mean, I love programming my lifts based on my muscle groups because I know that if I pick a few workouts, I mean, obviously I'm not going to pick easy ones, but if I pick a few compounds that I know are going to get me, that are going to get me going, that are hard, that are intense, I'm going to like it. You know, if I, if it's a bicep day and I gave myself some sort of curl that I hate, like I, I hate um, seated single arm curls. I feel this like weird bodybuilder vibe. So if I give myself that, I'm not going to get the great intensity. I'd rather hit like a cool cross body hammer curl with some weighter curls in the mid, uh, um, with a switch in it, just so I can get good variety, good intensity. And honestly, you get a better pump if you're feeling it, if you're, if you're really putting max effort into it and enjoying your lifts, enjoy yeah. your lifts. And there's no better feeling than, than like knowing you just crushed the workout and you feel just dead. Your body feels just so dead. I mean, You're like, wow. When we left Weber, when we left Weber um, um, 
our school when we left school <laughs> because of the whole corona thing we have to walk around school to get to our cars so <laughs> just it, i mean we just we, it's, we love the feeling stepping out of the weight room it's a little hot outside we love the feeling that we just walked out of the weight room we just crushed the list and now we're just gonna go pound some protein shakes or maybe even hit a pizza review you feel me yeah for sure okay i think uh we should get into big time a little bit you want to talk about the draft first some yeah um first of all wild draft i mean it's, the draft was eight times shorter this year. That's crazy. The, yes. amount, of, so crazy. the amount of prospects that weren't picked this year and that are going to go to college to go prove themselves for a year, it's going to be awesome to watch. I mean, this is going to be maybe the most competitive year of college baseball ever with guys returning and some standout high school guys. Because there are standout high school guys that will get drafted rounds 20-plus, rounds 30-plus. Yeah. These these guys could go to college to make an impact immediately. I mean, immediately. Last year, like last rosters year. are going to be bigger and filled with lots of good, good talent. It's going to be it's going to be crazy competitive. People are going to be fighting for spots, and honestly, this is going to be a, a crazy year in college baseball to watch. And you're going to see after this year, it's going to be a loaded draft and a ton of international signees and a bunch of undrafted signees. So really after this year, you're going to see a whole new generation of baseball, and it's going to be awesome, honestly. Um, in the draft this year, I um, the first round, first of all, some standout players, 12 picks, obviously, in the first round. Wait, no, no, my bad, sorry. There was, there, uh, well, I was looking at something. There were um, 30, 37 picks in the first round. I, I was just looking at the first 12 I had up there. 37 picks in the first round. First of all, all these guys were studs, but I just want to go through and give my top five of the um, top five picks of the draft. Um, to start it off, I mean, who else but Austin Martin? He's one of my favorite players in college baseball. First of all, he does an amazing job playing the utility bill. At Vanderbilt, he played third base. This year, he actually did a great job playing the outfield. And when you just have a stud like Austin Martin, you know, the Blue Jays drafted him as a shortstop. When you have that young shortstop core in Toronto, you never know where he's going to end up. He could play some outfield. Um, you know, Vladdy's not uh, playing at third some games. Hopefully, in a few years, we could see Austin Martin on the, uh, on the, big, on the big league roster. And if Vladdy's not playing third, uh, maybe he's DHing and maybe Austin Martin's playing third. Or if Bo Bichette has an off day, maybe he's playing short, or maybe he doesn't, uh, or maybe he runs the outfield. Um, you ever watch him, Romy? Uh, not so much, but uh, I did love his his reaction to getting drafted, and just all the like top five guys, it, just the best reactions, like unreal moments, and you just see it. They're just so happy, so excited, and he was like, he was like, drops his face, like almost looked like he was holding back tears just so crazy that he was like these guys grinded for it they grinded for it it. like it's the dream coming true you know it's awesome right right i mean yeah um utility guy strikeouts last year 10 i mean 10 percent of his at-bats were strikeouts i mean that's a little low I mean, you're playing SEC guys in the daily, and you're putting the ball in play that much. He's a beast. He also gets on base all the time. Last year he said uh, he scored 87 runs, which is a school record. Um, He led the team to their 2019 College World Series, and honestly, he's a stud. I mean, he's not crazy tall. He doesn't weigh crazy. Got gorgeous swing, gets in his hips really well. 
Um, got a ton of pop, and I can't wait to see what he does at the next level. Um, next, personally, I think this guy's one of the most exciting players in high school baseball, and Nick Gonzalez, the shortstop out of New Mexico. He got drafted seventh overall to the Pirates. Um, yeah, he led the, he led the uh, NCAA in home runs this year. Absolute stud. Uh, you want to hear his, his stat line over his, uh, over his three years? 399 average, 502 on base percentage, and a 747 slugging. It's stupid how good the kid is. What was his, what was his OPS? Do you have it there? No, I'll, I'll check later. Um, no, but just a stud. Wait, was that his OPS? I'm going to do a quick check. Um, plus slugging. What's his name? Uh, Nick Gonzalez. So I just blanked for a second. I mean, yeah, the guy is tremendous. He's an athlete, and a lot of times when we see these athletes, these guys are – they could get shifted when it comes to – um. You know, just when it comes to position, he got drafted to the Pirates. I mean, um, I don't know how good their farm system is. I think it's pretty good. But overall, I mean, he he just had these um, – I mean, he was just a stud. Like, oh, here, OPS 1.249. Yeah, I mean, way over 12. Like, 1037 slugging. I mean, the guy's just an absolute unit. I mean, when when you're when you're talking about that stud, uh, the only thing that some scouts worried about was because they play at such high elevation, they um, are worried about if his power is going to translate. I think it will. He's got a gorgeous swing, um, unlocks his hips well, and honestly, I think he'd do a great job at the next level. Uh, my third, my third, and my third out of my top five favorite picks in the draft. Austin Hendrick, I think the prettiest swing in the draft, has a little bit of uh, Cody Bellinger vibe. His freshman year, he did his little three-toe tap thing. I think he did that in his freshman, maybe through junior year of high school, made some great adjustments around the uh, before the Under Armour All-American game, and he just hit some moon shots. Gorgeous swing, nice lefty swing. He's an outfielder. He should be, he should be able to cover a lot of ground, just straight-up raw power. And, um, yeah, the Reds got a steal at 12. I mean, he's at a high school, so I can see why it's definitely a risk. But if he was, he's also committed to Mississippi State, could go there, but this is an opportunity of a lifetime for him. And then coming out of my um, – I mean, my, my fourth pick, I'm going to give it to Jordan Walker. Um, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm giving it to him a little bit just because he's from Decatur, which is – probably half an hour from us. Decatur High School, he's a third baseman, played in the Under Armour, I mean, played in the perfect game, All-American game, absolute unit, 6'5", 220, just bombs away. Um, he's a great infielder, um, drafted to the Cardinals, he's just going to do great swings. I mean, when you have that physical, when, you, when, when you're that just that physical build, you just have a lot of things ahead of you, and he's just going to be a stud. He's going to be a unit at the next level. And then um, – I've been debating about who um, who I should give the last my, my last pick to, but it's uh, it's gonna be Austin Wells, the catcher out of Arizona. The, the guy's a stud, three fifty seven average, four seventy six on base percentage with a five sixty slugging. Um, I mean, yeah, he he was twenty one, so hence he was eligible. He's a unit big guy. He's a lefty. Um, 
he's a lefty hitter. He um, has two hitting tools. He can hit for average and power. And he's, he's, I mean, he's a, he's a decent, he's, he's just a decent catcher. I mean, he just absolutely raked for Arizona, middle of the lineup guy, no matter where he goes. And his, his bat is just going to make, is solidified him as a first round pick. His defense has always been a little bit shaky, did a good job of playing uh, his catcher role in Arizona though. Um, Rami, you want to tell us a little bit about the MLB status right now? So we got a we got a lot going on. I don't know everything, but I know that the MLB and MLBPA just keep going back and forth. Both of them basically giving each other the same sort of deal, like their original deal, slightly modified. So obviously, the owners don't want to play that many games because they don't want to pay that much money to the players. Though they don't want to lose that much money. Uh, players want to play about half a season, a little bit more. They Owners want to play about 48 games. Uh, players are really upset with that. They want 80 to like 70 to 90 games, somewhere in that range, about half a season. They want uh, – players want a lot more games. They just keep going back and forth. Nothing's getting done, and I don't really know. I don't see any end in sight. Uh, and it's weird because from what I've seen, uh, no one really knows what's going to happen. Like, it's just always back and forth. Like, oh, yes, we're going to play. They're going to agree to this. And then it's like the next day it's like, oh, wait, no, there's no way they agree to this and there's no way a season's happening. And then it's like, oh, wait, uh, game one starts July 1st. Oh, wait, no, no, they're going to actually play 45 games and start at this time. Like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going to happen. MLB and MLBPA keep going back and forth. I know lots of players are mad. Lots of players want to play the game. Play, 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 play. I know, but as a player, if you have to just um, uh, handle some slight abuse from your owners, take it. But take it. But that's not the thing. They want to play more games for the fans, the players, and the owners are saying we only want to play a fourth of the season because we don't want to have to pay you guys more. And the players are like, we want half a season at least. And the, the owners are like, no, we're not willing to pay you guys that. And it just I keeps – and, like, I, what, I I've heard, I what I've heard, uh, Starting Nine said uh, – shout out Starting Nine, great baseball Robert? podcast. Not better than ours, but great baseball podcast. Uh, uh, they were talking about how uh, basically the owners and the MLB – have been like uh, given like, oh, how, you want a twenty dollar bill? Okay, how about two tens? Okay, how about four fives? They're just basically giving them the same offer, just repackaged a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and, they're not going to get anywhere with this. Yeah, they're not getting anywhere, and I don't know what's going to happen. But it's just been still kind of chaos, still kind of all over the place. Don't really know. No players are mad. They want to play. They want to play half a season, and uh, we'll have to see where it goes. Well, I don't know, man. It's Are crazy. we going to see? Yeah, I think uh, that kind of wraps up big time, though. Uh, let's we can just get into chalk talk. Trust. Hold on, hold on. Are we going to see a season? Uh, I think so. I think we'll see some form of MLB baseball this year. I got a hot take. I got a hot take. Bauer for commission. Power for commission. That's pretty funny. 
shout out Jared Carabas, he said, someone asked him, uh, would you accept the commissioner job if they offered it to you today? He said, no, I would take two simple steps. I would take the assistant to the commissioner and promote Trevor Bauer to the commissioner. No chance. He did. Yeah. yeah, he said, I would have Trev be commissioner and that would be awesome. Why not? I agree. That would be pretty cool. Pretty cool. Things would get a little weird, but it would be pretty cool. Okay, I think I don't think, uh, I don't think I'd be able to function if Trevor was on our podcast. I yeah, I don't think so. I think you would be a little too starstruck. I couldn't ask him questions. You're a big, like, you're a big Trevor so Bauer. That we're talking to Trevor Bauer. You're a imagine, big Trevor Bauer guy. Imagine doing a live at bat against him. I know. I could. I, I, oh, Carabas has to do a live at bat against him. Yeah, but Carabas is also just a beast. By the way, quick thing: you know, Portnoy got D one off. Got a D one offer. Oh, I, I think I did know that. Yeah, that's good. He was it, pretty good. He was pretty good. The, the guy, you know how he always like talks about he has like hands like this guy or that guy. Yeah, that's what they that's what they compared him to in high school. Mm. Crazy stuff. Crazy. Let's get into. Let's talk a little bit about this tournament. You want to go first? You want to talk about your little approach, your mentality? What do we see at the plate? We had a little. Um, not gonna do a little preview, but we had a little big game tying hit this weekend. Talk, yeah. To, talk so, yeah, a lot of stuff. Um, I felt like I finally got back into it this weekend. Got a few good pieces. First game was out in front, so I just needed to stay back. Kind of got a walk, got a pinch hit walk. Did some good stuff, but third game of uh, of the tourney, I'm playing first in the zone. Top of the seventh, we're down a run runner uh tying run on first and i'm up i get a i think i I got two strikes uh how'd you get muted again what is going on why why does it work what okay what how'd you get muted i had to blow my nose oh sorry might might be um so we're not cutting that Okay, we don't have to cut this. That's cut and dry. Okay, so I get a little I get a little fastball inside with two strikes and I just put a good piece on it. Didn't completely barrel it exactly as I wanted, but put a good piece down the line and triple down the line to tie the game. And with I think that's wheels, one of wheels, that's with like, my wheels, that's like uh like that's an inside the park home run for like anybody else. Big time. Uh, that yeah. is big time. But it was it was fun. I end up next next guy up uh, gets a little single. I score, and we take the lead. Very exciting. It was a fun game. Didn't end up winning. We blew it. But uh, today we came back, had a big win. So uh, yeah, I, I just at the plate this weekend. I think I, I I'm finally getting back into it. Uh, getting back, getting on my backside, getting my hips through, hitting the inside of the ball—just all things I've been working on. And I think I'm finally there with my swing, where yeah. it's like fully there. And now it's just mental game, basically the chess match of having an AB. Okay, throws fastball here. He's coming back with what curveball here, this that. So yeah, it's just about now going up there with an approach, 
this is what I'm looking for. Fastball, so let's say middle away. Nope. Uh, and then a mentality, okay, I'm going to freaking drive this pitch right back at the pitcher. So I it's mean, about those two things for me right now. Right. I mean, one thing that I really like lately is thinking just middle mid away, and if it leaks it on me, just burn it. Just exactly. Get my- that's a great approach. That's what it, that's what I sit most times, unless the guy's throwing absolute ched. I'm thinking middle way fastball, and he comes in. We're just gonna turn on that baby. Yeah, I mean uh, this weekend. I mean the guys on the mound weren't throwing too hard, so I was just looking to sit back and drive a baseball. Uh, I'll talk. I'll talk you through some of my bats. But on Saturday, um, I definitely caught a lot of barrels throughout the day. Helped my team do a job. That that was just a big. Uh, that was just a big thing for me, being in the leadoff spot. Then game one and game three of the tournament, I was just looking to do a job and get on base. I ended up um, doing that first first at bat. I mean, first at bat of the tournament. I'm just gonna get into this at bat a little bit. First at bat of the tournament for me. First at bat for our team. Just looking to be calm. You know, the the worst thing I or my least favorite thing that I see in teams is the first three outs of the game are just you let the other guy throw five pitches. Yeah. Like if, if don't you don't worry. like it, if you don't like it, like like chill, see see um wait for a pitch you want, you know, you know, just take it easy. Um and just try to do a job for your team. I mean at the end of the day, if you're if you get the hit and run call, hit a guy over, bunt him in, do whatever you need to do, do the little things. And when you have an opportunity, look for look for a base hit to drive. I mean that's the end of the day. And if we're catching barrels Hits are gonna fall. They're gonna fall. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, like what you were talking about there, is uh, really it's like about the little things, about the little things that you do, bunting them over, executing hit runs, yep. and uh, that was a big thing that we had to big turnaround from my my team's last tournament to this tournament is just we we need to focus more on the details, on the little things, on the chess match of the game on the, okay, we see this tendency from the pitcher, we're going to jump on that. We see this yeah. outfielder doesn't have a good arm, we're going to run on him. Just those little things that you can just take and like take, have that information and abuse the, the opponent's weaknesses. And that's, I think that's big. Love it. Yeah, 100%. Um, you want to talk through your, uh, some of your ABs or something? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean... Uh, not too much i I usually i usually go up there looking for a first pitch fastball just to drive um let's say okay yesterday's game uh first pitch fastball i was a little late on and i think i fouled it off next pitch i think it was curveball in the dirt uh just take and then uh Next pitch was, I think, low. It was pretty low low and outside fastball. That's the pitch. I just kind of – I was out in front, but I kept my hands back, and I just put one, a barrel up the middle. And that was my first hit in two tournaments, and that was really what got me started, and I felt good there. Yep. And I told you guys about the triple a little bit. I was after – I would think I was in a one-two count after letting a first-pitch curveball go and fouling a fastball. And then I – uh I think I saw one, and then I just turned on one. Yeah, there were there were a couple of things I I definitely wanted to highlight there. Um, you're gonna have things that'll help you get out of your little spells. 
you know, in the fall, this past fall, I wasn't hitting the ball terribly well. Mm-hmm. I, had, uh, I wasn't really there mentally quite yet, but I actually got, got out of my spell. I think I came into a tournament feeling really solid, feeling really good. I think that game, I think I caught a barrel to center field or something. At the end of the game, I think we had a runner on or something, or maybe I just wanted to start an inning. I bunted about a ball down the third base line, kind of helped me get, get into a little bit of a rhythm. Next game came around. I think I, I poked a base hit to center field and then a double down the line to score a couple runs and tie the game up. So at the end of the day, you need to stay confident. You need to keep doing your thing because it's going to come. You need to know that it's going to come. And at any moment, a little um, a bad slump can turn great and you're in a great rhythm. Hitting is so mental. And I think one of the biggest uh, things that I see younger players do especially is they just get into this whole – it's not, it's not fixable. Nothing's fixable. Take a breath. I mean, I've been, I've had a lot of mental issues in the past. And if you guys have ever have any issues with this, text me up. It's something that I still struggle with today at the plate. It's something that I'm working with. It's something that I'm working hard at. And at the end of the day, if you can do little things that you can do, um, little things that you can control, you'll be a successful hitter. Yeah. And uh, you're just so right about that. It's, it's, it's all mental once you step into the box, man. Like, you can have whatever mechanics you you have. Like, obviously, you need some sort of good swing to put a good piece of – get a good piece. But, like, you go up there knowing that you're going to light this guy up with confidence and an, a plan of attack, and you execute your plan, that's how you win. That's how you have quality at-bats and hit barrels. I just want to say, like, this is the most comfortable I've felt – at the um, at the plate, I mean, this was the most comfortable I felt to the plate in, a, in such a long time. Yes. This is the time where I felt that off-season lifting really helped me, helped me find more barrels. I just felt comfortable up there. Um, the game really slowed down for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing freshman year that I'm never going to forget is our head coach at our high school, Coach Seagraves. He told me, he said, next year, later in the year, whenever it happens, the game is going to slow down for you so much. Because going into my freshman year, it felt so quick. It felt so fast-paced. In the field, I felt so rushed. You know, the first ball, the field, uh, first game, first play of the game today, not a great field. I get um, not a too hard-hit ground ball. It was a mediocre ground ball. I charged it. I got in pretty good PFP. The ball, um, I got a tough hop, but I knocked it down. Um, I, it was over. It was next to me a little bit to my right picked it up I had plenty of time to make the throw if you just stay calm and um maybe take a little bit let more time but add a little bit of add a little bit something to that throw you can you can really do good things and when you feel that game slowing down for you you're going to be so much more successful oh you'll have god. such a better approach and you'll feel so much more calm at the play oh my god yes i that's that's a big thing that i've i'm working on is just calm down slow down you need to relax take a breath you know between pitches relax you know here's here's something on the highway we might go 75 miles an hour right we might go 75 miles an hour 70 miles an hour 65 miles an hour and for young players sometimes that's how fast a fastball is coming in at them 
So just think you're going on the highway, you're cruising, you're just going at that leisurely pace. If you could have that same chill mindset, we, we go down, like I go down to 30A, just cruising down 30A. If you just kind of think of just cruising, slow things down and let let the ball in your head not feel like a fastball, just them shoving it a two-seam in on you, think about it more of just a, a chill vibe. If you, if you have that mentality and you have a calm, collected environment, you're going to do so much better at the plate. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about, but I kind of get where you're going. But like, what was that analogy? Uh, okay, but let's just get in. I think, I think trust the, let's just get into trust the process. We've gone a little bit over time, but let's just talk about, I, I just wanted to talk about a few things for trust the process. Um, first, I just wanted to talk about how, like, right now there is obviously the dead period, which we've talked about, but uh, I talked to my coach. Our coach talked to us after the game today. We were in a PBR tournament at Lake Point, and there are actually hot mics in the dugout. They can hear everything we say in the dugout, and they have a camera in center field, and they track coaches that watch it. Uh, the Cameron center field has everything great angles and there were 90 D one coaches that watched the PBR tournament we played in this weekend. And there were double the amount of D two D three Juco NAIA coaches that watched and they can hear whatever you say and they can see whatever you do. Really? So, so yeah, every, they're watching no matter where you're playing, no matter when it is, you got to play your hardest. You got to, Give everything because at the end of the day, it will pay off. Someone's always watching. So if you trust the process, you trust that hard work, hustle all the time, baseball always always comes out in the end to reward the people that do that. And people will always be watching you do that. Yeah. So just to cool. clarify, just yeah. to clarify for the people at home, there were mics in the dugout that scouts heard every word you said. Huh? Every word we said, they heard it clearly. Uh, my coach said he had two college coaches call him up and say, hey, we heard, we can hear everything you guys are saying, and we just wanted to praise you guys because you're going about your business the right way. And he was really proud. He was really happy with us because he said that we were going about things really well that a college coach even called him, a few of them. How many times have you heard people talk about the cute girl that they're talking to or talk about, hey, let's go swimming after the game? I mean, it's ridiculous. During the game, you need to be focused on the game at task, the challenge at task. You need to be thinking about your next at bat, how you can impact the game in the field, on the base. Even on the bench, it doesn't even matter. The fact that there's – over, like you probably 200 plus coaches po- possibly watching you and listening to you, you need to show the best impression, sprint down in the field. The little things, the intent. little things. And you, you, need to, you do those things, guess what? You're going to get rewarded. You're going to so, get rewarded. Yeah, there. I've seen, I mean, for if you're younger and you're listening to this, you need to just, you just soak this in. Yeah. Because I've seen younger players think they're so good. They can do whatever they want. You need to start focusing on the game because there, how many scouts, Rami, how many scouts are at a 13D baseball game? Zero. How many scouts are at a 14D baseball game? Still not that many. 
So get in a habit of doing the little things right for when you get to high school, when you get older, you can go in there and handle your business efficiently. Exactly. It's about handling stuff the right way. You go about things the right way. You give everything to this game. You will be rewarded. Because what happens when my 13U team is talking about the, the new thing in Fortnite and you just get in the habit of every game just screwing around in the dugout in between innings, you're going to get to 16U. There's going to be a coach hearing what you're saying, and then, and then he's going to say, why in the world would I want you? Like, I don't care if this is good. Because in college, they can make you good. If you're not a player that's doing the little right things, you're not going anywhere. Everybody, everybody at the next level will have – Power, speed, bat, arm, all of it. They'll have all of it. But the way you 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 beat out the other players, you know how? It's the little things. It's the hustle. It's the heart. It's the grit. It's the it's the focus. It's all of those things combined. And that's what they're looking for. You so they pay attention to those little things. If you're listening to this, you're not special. Like no matter how good, how freaking good you could be at 13 and 14, you there's a hundred and there's two, there's hundred, there's a thousand other kids with your skill set somewhere else that the, a college coach can there's find. There's always someone better than you. So it's about no matter what. I, I think, I mean, I think I'm a good player. I'm confident in myself, but I know I'm fighting. If the, like, I'm looking at the schools I want to go to, I know there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids battling for literally the same exact spot. If, I mean, I would, I mean, I'm definitely aiming at maybe like an Ivy League school and there are other, there's so, or maybe a big school in the South. It just depends. There's so many kids with those exact goals in mind, those exact dreams that maybe they can hit a ball a little farther. Maybe they have another mile an hour on their throwing below. Some of these things can be altered. Um, coaches can teach this. Coaches can coach this. They can't coach personality. They can't coach your makeup. Because those first three years or first two years when you're sitting in a dugout, you need to be the best team player as possible. For sure. You need to be an energy giver. You need to learn how to play on the bench. You need to learn how to help out your teammates. You need to learn basically just how to go about things right. And if you trust in those things, you trust that process, yeah. you will be rewarded for sure. And and I think that's that basically touches everything. Yeah. I got, I got one more surprise segment. I wasn't going to tell you about this. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Top three fields that you've played at in Georgia per recently. Interesting. I have just played. Okay. So I've only played at three fields since summer all started up because we've only had two tournaments. Well, give me over the past few years. Okay. Favorite places you've so played. We played, we played East, uh, East Cobb, Turfed. And I think that's great. And I think it was awesome playing there, the turf field, Lake Points turf. So those would be my top two. I obviously love playing on turf. It's easier for me as a first baseman. Those picks are so nice. And it's just, I, I love playing on turf. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know, we play, we've played on a few good high school fields. We played... Uh, let me think. Did I say? Did I say Georgia? Yeah, you said Georgia. So to this episode, we're gonna keep Georgia. But yeah, last one. Uh, last one. I don't really know. I I think I, Kennesaw Mountain is where we practice a lot. Uh, I haven't played on too many others because we've just been at Lake Point for yep. for so mm -hmm. long now. I mean, I was at 
Joe Cowan last week. That was a sand pit. <laughs> that was for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. We we just managed to play at Lake Point now. Yeah, I'll give I'll give you my top three. Yeah, um, spirit. Well, when I was twelve, the first time I played at Lake Point, I thought it was. I mean, just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it still is ridiculous, buddy. I mean, it, yeah, yes, but when you've been there so much and you've had bad times there, like when you've had bad games there, you can yeah. see more realistically. You would, I've showcased there a bunch of stuff, wrapping my PBR shirt from a showcase. Oh, but when, PBR. Yeah, but when you when you go there as a 12-year-old and you're, and you're not caring about, like, I mean, sure, I'm caring about my game, but I'm not thinking of, I don't have any, sw- I've had, I haven't had any sweet thoughts in the past few weeks, and I'm just, just I'm, I mean, the, I've been playing so much better if I go in there with the mentality of a 12-year-old, by the way, just thinking, let's go have fun. Because mm-hmm. we just catch the barrel. That's yeah. the mentality. Side note, Dave. I feel like Dave Portnoy right now, just running off the rails. Like, do you see this? You see how off topic I'm going? You are always off topic. You understand that's like the one thing of criticism we got for the first podcast was like you guys get off topic so much. Mostly, Aaron. I think you need to shut up. I think you need to shut up. I think that's like if you're at, you understand. We dropped the Alec Loretta uh, uh, interview the other day, and every five seconds you would ask a new question about a completely different topic. I think I think you sound stupid right now. I, I think you sound completely out of line, and I think you need to rethink your tone with me, young man, because I don't like it at all. And I, quite frankly, I think you need to cut it out. I'm not cutting any of this, by the way. This is, this is hilarious. This is raw. I don't want you to cut this out. I don't want you to cut it out. I want you to cut out your attitude and your behavior only. Just give me three freaking fields, okay? You know what? So, you know what? I can take 10 minutes Lake before Point I... And what else? All right. Side, when I was at Lake Point, crazy stuff. I'm there for the first time. I'm like, holy crap, we're here. That's Lake Point. That's number one. Number two, I got to go with... So this is a tough one. Wow. Number two. I'm trying to go to bed. It's 1 a.m., buddy. I got a game tomorrow. I'm trying to put this podcast out to the people, and you're making them wait. The people want fair reviews. The people don't want me to say that... that that's the thing with me. This is why I'm oh, different. Okay, that's it, folks. That's it for this week. <laughs> okay. All right, number two. Number two, first time at East Cobb Baseball. So far, super cool. First time at East Cobb Baseball. Number three. Wow. This is – okay. Wait, Rami, I'm the host of the podcast. I can do whatever I want. I'm, I'll cut all of this. I'm the producer. Okay. You don't I'm see that. You don't realize that. You don't get to edit it. I standing at top three fields in the southeast shipyard park in South Carolina. That place was dope. If you hit a bomb, it was on the water, but I was still tiny, like 5'10, 155. Side note, that doesn't matter at all. But now, hopefully, I can hit one out there. It doesn't matter. Shipyard park number three in Charleston, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. That's the review. Guys. Okay, so you just completely changed the rules. <laughs> you made okay. me go by Georgia and then change it to the southeast just so you can. Okay, doesn't matter. 
What? It, what? It, Robbie, I do what I want on this podcast. I'll cut all of this. You won't. I won't. You're no. right. This is pretty good. I'm not going to go through the whole podcast to find this part. Good stuff. You know what? We're going to end this day poor and style. That's the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed. Tune in for a bang. Rami, what are we, what's coming on? No, Alex Katz, I'm going to tell him. You can't tell him. Alex Katz coming out on Friday. Absolute banger. Check it out. Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Give us a shout out on Instagram. Give us a shout out wherever. Follow us on Instagram. Hit us up with any comments, YouTube. questions, or concerns. YouTube now. Coming to YouTube, Cornhole with the Boys, episode one is airing Friday. No, don't put a date on it yet. Don't put a date on it yet. Nope. We, have, we, haven't even recorded, we haven't even recorded Cornhole Friday, yet. June 19th. We haven't even recorded Cornhole. How are you going to put a date on it? How are you going to put a date on it? Check it out. See you guys. See you guys. Thanks for joining